Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today we have Mike Fisher on the show. Hi, Mike. Hey, Bant. I've known Mike for a while now. I mean, we have uh, we have come up through the connected TV, digital TV ranks, I guess, and and worked on various things together. But Mike now is the VP of Advanced TV at one of the leading agencies, part of the WPP family, Essence. Um, I'm excited to learn more about what you're up to at Essence, Mike. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are and how you have become one of the gurus of Advanced TV. Thanks, Ben. Um, Thanks for having me. So, you know, where I got uh, how I got to where I am is, you know, a story my parents really like to tell, which is, you know, I started watching television at a very young age, uh, you know, plopped down in front of the TV, watching my Nickelodeon growing up, as most people who were kids who were born in the 80s um, have did back then before the whole thing about, oh, we can't expose our kids to screens came about. Um, and I also grew up in a household that was focused on advertising. My dad um, ran a very large commercial production company. Um, so I grew up in a world where advertising was first and foremost. Um, but I knew very early on, I didn't really want to go to the creative side. I much more wanted to be on the business and the technology side of advertising. And, you know, my first job out of college back in 2006, I was working for 20th Century Fox doing planning and traffic, um, really determining what order commercials would run in. And I used to remember coming home and sitting down in front of the TV and having my little traffic sheet in front of me and saying, oh, you know what? The next commercial is going to be this because I sat down and planned it. And what I realized was it was there was an art to it, but there was really no science to the idea of commercial planning and traffic. And it started to dawn on me, why is every household seeing the same ad? Why am I seeing the same commercials as my neighbors? Why is the Tide message, am I getting commercials for Tide when I bought Tide a week ago and my Tide, my Tide bottle is still full? So when I went to grad school, I really had the opportunity to kind of dive into some work that I had done in the past and say, how can I reinvent this and make this industry better? Um, and I really focused on diving into the technology side behind television ad distribution, learning a lot about it. I got a job in 2010 at Canoe, which was a joint venture of one of the largest cable operators. Ah, the famous Canoe. Famous Canoe, I'm, I'm one of those. Uh, the left, the castaways from Canoe, um, <laughs> which didn't end up succeeding, but what it did do is get is set a very good groundwork for me when it comes to how to blend traditional television with the digital mindset. Um, after Canoe, I went over to Brightline, where Bant and I had known each other. Um, right. I spent five years there working with the team to really build out dynamic, interactive, uh, and engaging ad solutions for what then was a very emerging channel in streaming TV. And that's really where, you know, when I took off as thought leader in the advanced TV space to really be able to go in there and tell people where, where the advanced TV landscape was going, why it was so important for marketers, and from there, you know, everybody bought into the idea that advanced TV was going to be pretty important. 
Um, and now there are jobs focused on it. And I have, I'm lucky enough to have one of them. Well, I mean, it's so, it's so amazing because I remember talking to you back in the day when we were so excited about like the new thing from Hulu and, and now it, that seems, well, while Hulu is still cranking away, you know, it's, it's one of many now and it's, and, and those others are moving very, very quickly. So now that you're at Essence, uh, you guys are one of the, the major media buying and planning uh, businesses in, in the world. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of what you're doing with Advanced TV at, at Essence. Sure. So as the Advanced TV landscape has continued to evolve, it's becoming more important that our clients really understand what Advanced TV means at scale. Um, Advanced TV is a lot of things. Uh, at, at the core, the idea of advanced TV is anything other than traditional, very basic reach and frequency GRP based television buying. It includes optimized data-driven linear buying, which is still one-to-many television ad buying inside of live linear content. It's just finding audiences and shows that are more likely to be on target for what you're looking for based on advanced data segments. It's buying addressable advertising inside of a cable network, inside of the walled gardens, the Comcast, the dishes, the direct TVs of the world. And as, as you could probably guess, it involves impression-based digital style buying happening on that screen, streaming media, Hulu, Discovery Plus, even uh, new and emerging channels like Twitch. It's all happening on the TV screen because that's where the trust is and the audiences are. And that's really what we're focused on. So, I mean, this this past year has been really a fascinating one uh, in the TV space. Uh, you know, we've had this this strange moment where we've all been a cap a captive audience in our homes because of a pandemic, and and yet at the same time we've seen this this growth across many many different media companies uh, expanding into the connected TV or the advanced TV landscape. Um, you know, what, what, what is exciting for you today in that landscape and why is it really important for, for advertisers and, and business people in general to be thinking about this? Yeah, so um, if you know, streaming media and OTT and connected TV have been around for a while now. Um, what really happened was we leapfrogged, leapfrogged about 18 months at the start of the pandemic. So if you think back to January, 2020, if, if you know the majority of television ad spend was still bought on audiences based on historical knowledge. If you were looking to target stay-at-home moms, you bought daytime. If you were looking to target um, college kids, you bought late nights. It's just when people were buying when people were watching. What ended up happening very quickly, you know, by really March and April when everybody was at home was prime, the idea of prime time and day part TV buying went away. Every hour became a prime time hour. People were either streaming or binging or time shifting, but the idea was you very quickly needed to adapt your marketing plan when it came to television to be able to better reach audiences at the, in the new times that they were watching, which is Always. So now we're at a place, which is probably where we would have gotten to in about two or three years anyway, but we're here now about a year in, which is the idea of prime time has completely gone away from a day part actual time-based viewing model. Prime time is now prime. It's that content that is new, compelling, the first time it aired, 
appointment-based TV viewing from a content perspective, not necessarily a time perspective. And that's where the majority of ad dollars really are focused still today. However, because of COVID, there was a little bit of a break in content production. Some of the networks were a little bit later to produce shows. There isn't as much new content as there maybe should have been. But the really cool thing is because there's so much on demand that maybe a younger generation hasn't seen, for example, you know, every episode of Seinfeld is new to somebody. Every episode of Friends is new to somebody. And that is considered new content that should get treated as prime content because it's new stuff that people are watching. It's not background noise. It's not something that's just turned on and walked away. It's on the TV screen. It's engaging and it's compelling for marketers. And it's finding the right content for the right message is really what's emerged as the story of the pandemic. So I, I, I think that's music to the ears of Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> for sure. Um, but there were so many new platforms that launched in the last 16 months. I'd just be curious who you think is really shining and setting an example. I mean, you, you've just outlined to me really the, 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 the disappearance of Prime, which I, I a prime time, which it makes complete sense. And uh, I've seen all those lists in, in every one of the platforms where they'll say like, here are the top 10 viewed um, shows, which are, it's, that's kind of building its own prime time, right? It, it, and, and I get that, but who, who do you think is really making the mark and, and moving, up, uh, moving up on the pack? Yeah, I mean, you have, it really varies by the type of content that you're looking for, the type of demographic that you're looking to target. You have the stalwarts like Hulu, like Netflix, even though it's not ad supported, it still uses the majority of the streaming time, Amazon as well, who really have a wide amount of content that kind of fits everybody. Then you have these new and emerging platforms um, and, 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 and really I say platforms because they're the next iteration of a cable network, something like Discovery Plus, which is bringing an entirely new demographic to the space with the TLC branding, with the Food Network branding. There was no destination in streaming for women, for example. With Discovery Plus, with TLC that does over-index in female viewership, there now is that new you know 25 to 34 female demographic coming to streaming because of the power of TLC when it comes to shows like 90 Day Fiance. Um, you also have YouTube, which is, you know, I'd be remiss not to mention the power that a brand like YouTube has in television, especially among the younger demo, because that is TV for them. Um, you know, it, it, it surprises a lot of people when we say that YouTube is the number one app when it comes to both ad impressions and streaming hours in on that screen. Yeah. People are going to YouTube on their connected TV and spending hours a day watching not just short form user generated content, but full episodes of yeah. shows or clips. No, I, I actually watch a lot of content on YouTube on my television. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I think, you know, I'm having a bit of a deja vu moment with you, Fisher, because I, I do remember having a conversation years ago about YouTube. I just almost shocked that they haven't made more of this space and almost how there wouldn't be a space if they've really if they'd really flex their muscles. But um, I, I, you know, I don't I don't know. We'll see how that develops. Yeah, you know, a great example is Saturday Night Live, which, you know, does still do a fairly robust linear viewership for what for, for that hour at least. 
but you're seeing not only more people who, you know, three or four years ago were DVRing SNL and watching it the next day, um, you're seeing more people who are going to YouTube the next day and watching three or four clips. And I think, you know, what we've been challenged with here at Essence and what we're challenging our clients to think about is what does the next generation of television ad spend look like? Where does it need to go? Is it going to the networks or is it going to content depending on how it's distributed or regardless of how it's distributed? Are you following a network or are you following the content? And what we're working with our clients to really understand is, is a blend of both. You still wanna buy premium content from the networks that you know and trust. Um, there's still a massive linear TV market out there. It's still 70 billion. It's been 70 billion. It's going to continue to be 70 billion. Um, it's just how those ads are reaching viewers is changing, but then also the type of platform that is re that those ads are reaching viewers in changes as well. Buying SNL in mobile, it's it hits my definition of prime. It's new content. It's compelling. It's lean forward. It's engaging, and it's brand relevant and brand safe. That's television. Do you think that we're still in a space where if if a if a brand planned a solution which was let's say kind of heavier in advanced television attributes that they could over index versus their competition i mean are, are you do you think that there's still a little bit of a hesitancy or has that just completely disappeared at this point i feel like there is still a hesitancy but a lot of that comes from confusion around what advanced television is. Um, we we want to make sure that our clients are approaching the ecosystem from an audience first approach, saying, here's my audience I'm looking to reach. Here are all the ways that those people inside of those audiences are watching and treat it together. What we don't want is our clients saying, here's our linear TV plan. Here's a digital budget. Those live in two separate silos. We're really trying to push the idea of convergence when it comes to that screen, the big screen and really start to say, if you have just linear, you're missing out on 30% of your audience. If you have just streaming, you're missing out on 60% of your audience. So making sure that both the linear, the traditional television style of buying and the new emerging style of buying fit together to complement each other. Uh, that's that's really helpful. And, and certainly it is evolving quickly. I, I keep thinking about all of these major sporting events that we, we know uh, certainly things like the Super Bowl, but we've just lived through the the trip to the Final Four over the last couple of weeks. And obviously that, that still generates a huge audience, but how does connected TV or advanced TV play into that, let's say, NCAA Final Four atmosphere? I mean, as long as there's still traditional ad breaks, you're going to see traditional ad units, regardless of where you watch. So I don't necessarily think, you know, you're going to start to see, especially in live sports, a move away from traditional 30 second ads. It's really being able to reach viewers with a more dynamic, engageable, customized message inside of those environments. So, you know, you're seeing, especially this year, a lot of streaming impressions or a lot of streaming usage happening inside of March Madness games. Um, you know, I remember last year looking at app usage, you'll see a spike in the TNT and TBS apps. It's fairly flat throughout the year. You'll see a massive spike and then it'll go back down to, to, to baseline because you're bringing people into that environment specifically for the final four, for the March Madness tournament. It's really what data are we able to use to target ads to them? 
um, making sure that we're able to still take into account the benefit that it's a sports viewer. There are probably multiple people in the room other than, you know, outside of COVID restrictions, of course, but ideally there would be multiple people in the room. It's an event. You have people watching you, but you want to make sure that you're still using data to find the right viewers and the right ads with the right message. I got it. So that that's really helpful. And, and, and I, I think that we're, what we're, what you're saying is that the things that were really premium and really excellent before we're still going to see aspects of those things but the connected tv uh, and advanced tv elements allow us to be much more targeted much more um much uh, much more efficient with how we develop the a content-based um solution which is which is spectacular And, and much and you know for all the marketers out there much more measurable against core business outcomes tv being an offline um, medium, it's been harder to kind of quantify the value of your TV spend historically. With impression-based buying across on-demand and streaming, we can do that. We can connect them back to more down-funnel marketing outcomes, goals, better understand the impact that upper-funnel branding is having on the lower-funnel messaging. So let's change gears a little bit. This year has been a little bumpy for everyone, to say the least. Um, say the least. And I, I hope that your family has been uh, great, Mike. I, I mean, I, I've known you uh, before you were married and uh, through the process of getting married and now kind of moving to the next phase. But what's bringing you joy these days uh, with, with, uh, in, in your life? Well, we had our first child in December of 2019. So I thank you. I wouldn't necessarily call her a COVID baby, although she's never been in a grocery store, but we're hoping to change that soon. Um, And it's been, it's been incredible, you know, being lucky enough to be able to work from home, um, have some flexibility around the time I could spend with her kind of seeing the first 15 or 16 months of her growing up has been incredible and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So well, there, I think there the, is a silver lining. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is that you'll have a set of photos with with uh, where she's wearing probably very cute masks. Yes. <laughs> uh, so so when you look at the future in your space, Mike, and and how Essence is is imagining the next, let's say, eighteen to twenty four months uh, going for advanced TV, what are you seeing? What 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 types of areas should we be excited or concerned about? Yeah, so I think the, the, it's a, the answer is the same for both, and I think it's it's the rise of better ways to buy across an ecosystem that's continually emerging, um, or sorry, evol- continually evolving. So as you start to see more money flowing to the space and more eyeballs flowing to the space, content owners and networks are starting to really take a better approach to how they, do they want the buy side agencies and advertisers to be transacting at scale. Um, Meaning that there are going to be more walled gardens springing up. It is going to become harder to leverage identity. You're gonna start to see more M&A transactions that really consolidate the landscape. And I think really what the opportunity is, especially for Essence and Group M as as an agency and, and and Group M as the largest spender in media, is really to be the tunnels that connect the walled gardens together. Um, mm. While the walls get higher, if you have if you have the ability to leverage technologies to create an ecosystem that still maintains the, the seller's control over data flow, user identity, all of those important things that everyone is cracking down on, 
it still allows us as an agency to, for lack of a, lack of a better word, tunnel into the walled gardens in conjunction with the media sellers and provide continual value to our clients. Well, Mike, I, it's been great talking to you about everything that you're up to at Essence. I, I, I've, I've watched your career as you've moved from really the tech side to the media owner side to really the agency side at Media Math and now at Essence. And it's incredible how the industry continues to expand and, and really take on new facets. And, and I would say move closer and closer to the center of the broader media universe. And, and it, you're always a great person to talk to about where this stuff is going. So thank you so much for joining us today, Mike. Um, where it, can someone uh, find you if they wanna reach out and, and have a chat? Thanks, Ben. Yeah, um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you'd find me there, just search for Mike Fisher. If you Google me, it may be a little bit hard. There's a hockey player with my name. He's married <laughs> to Carrie Underwood, it's not me. But uh, yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best place to find oh, me. Don't be modest, Mike. We know you have that secret professional hockey career yeah, <laughs> that you're hiding. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Mike, thank you again for being on the show. Uncage is a program that provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the commerce of tomorrow. We've been talking to Mike Fisher, who is the VP of Advanced TV and Audio at Essence, which is one of WPP's leading agencies. Uh, Mike has had a long career in shaping the connected TV and advanced TV landscape, and he's provided us an overview of where we are today, what we're going to be watching tomorrow, and what the industry will look like after that. So thank you again so much, Mike. Thank you, Bant. Cheers.